You're listening to a live audio recording from Women's Bible Fellowship at LAFC. This is week seven of Study the Word 101 on the book of Ephesians. Today's intro teaching is on the study tools of paraphrasing and identifying main points. The wrap-up teaching covers Ephesians 5, 1 through 21. All right, ladies, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, I'm going to pray to start us off, and we'll do announcements. Heavenly Father, we just um, thank you for another morning, a beautiful, um, almost summer-like morning, um, just to gather together, um, Lord, to dig into your word, um, to learn more about who you are. Lord, we thank you for your word, that you've revealed yourself to us in it. We thank you um, that you are a God who desires to know your people, that desires to be known by your people, Lord. And so we just ask that this morning as we dig into this word, that we would know you more, that we would love you more, um, that we would sharpen one another, that we would be changed more into the image of your son, that we would grow um, to imitate Christ. So we ask all of these things in Christ's precious name. Amen. All right. So we only have one announcement for you this morning, and that is um, our ladies' brunch that is coming up on November 11th. So you have until this upcoming Wednesday, November 1st. So that's before we meet again to sign up for it. So if you haven't done that, go ahead and do so. Um, There's going to be a brunch, so you have some yummy food, someone's going to share a little bit, and then the focus is going to be on memorization. So we're going to be encouraging um, one another um, to grow in memorizing scripture. We would also welcome you to invite your daughters um, of any age that you would find, think would find beneficial um, this time together. We would love to have them there as well. If you haven't signed up for that, go to the website um, and get signed up. Or on Sunday, I think there is a connection counter that you could sign up for it as well. All right. So um, this morning, we have um, the topic for our study tip of paraphrasing and main points. So this step um, is all about comprehension. Do we really understand what the passage means? This is the last step in interpretation that we would take. And these two pieces are similar and yet different, so we're going to talk about both of them. We've done main points in your homework each week. That's something that we have you all um, practicing and doing, Um, so we'll talk about that at the end of our time. But we're going to start off by talking about paraphrasing, which we haven't really done much of. Um, So what does it mean to paraphrase something? Anybody? Summarize. Summarize? Okay, in your own words, yep. Yeah, so um, if we are going to paraphrase something, we're going to restate what we just read in our own words in order to bring some clarity to it. So we are going to uh, switch out some words, maybe rearrange some words. Paraphrasing is generally the same length about of what you already read. Uh, You're not necessarily shortening it, but rather restating it. And then main points would be um, to reduce down what you've read just to the essentials. So it's not going to have all the details of that information, but rather we're going to just share um, the essentials of what we have read. So that's what we've had you guys kind of doing at the end of your homework. So both of these things should come after um, we've taken time to write down our observations, after we've taken time um, to look at definitions and cross-references. All of those things are going to aid us in being able to do this step, right? So in order to paraphrase, in order um, to put uh, down our main points, we have to have those elements already worked through. 
So this is that last step. Um, so sometimes you might come um, to the end of, so you might come to this step um, at the end of interpretation. This might be an opportunity for you to realize, do I really know um, what, like am I ready to move from interpretation to application or to another section? So when we give you the workbook, we have it divided out into these various sections. But if you were to study a book on your own, you kind of have to do that step on your own. And so sometimes it can be hard to know like, Am I ready to move to the next section? Or am I ready to move into application? And this can be a really key way to know, hey, I feel ready to kind of move on um, from this. Not necessarily that I'm an expert and have every detail understood, but I feel ready to move on to this next step, or to the next step in the process. And so if you come to paraphrasing, and you're writing the, rewriting this out in your own words, and you're kind of struggling with it, that might be a cue to you to say, hey, I might not actually understand this as well as I think I do. And so I might need to go back and look at my definitions, look at my observations again, and kind of do a little bit more digging. So if you come to this step and you're like, oh, I'm not sure, you can go back and kind of go back over your observations and interpretations. <clears throat> so here I've given you um, an example of a paraphrase. This is from Ephesians 5.1, and it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. So I restated this as, because of this, be like God. Follow him like a child mimicking his father. So um, I just rewrote that in my own words, and I took um, some of the definition. I looked up the definition of imitator. That's kind of where some of that came from um, as I rewrote that. So you can kind of see what that would look like. So again, you can use definitions and synonyms of words while you're paraphrasing. Um, this can be really helpful to use for uh, difficult verses. So if you come to a verse um, that is really hard to understand, um, a way to know if you've really kind of grasped the meaning to it is to try to paraphrase it. Can I put this in my own words? You could use it for a key verse. If you find a verse that seems like it's kind of summarizing my whole um, text that I'm reading, this might be a really great verse to paraphrase, to rewrite in my own words. Um, and then you could do this for a whole passage. So I find that paraphrasing is something that people either love or they don't like at all. And I fit in the don't like category. Maybe that's why we don't have a lot of paraphrasing in our workbook. Um, but so I find it very difficult to do, actually. I will sometimes, I was saying this to one of my friends, I will sometimes paraphrase things in my head, but it's, it's rare for me to actually write out a full paraphrase. I, I do it sometimes, but. Um, I would not be someone that would necessarily do a whole passage, but Christy Hess, who's one of my good friends, she loves to paraphrase. We call her the word lady. So if you find that you're someone that loves words and um, really enjoys words, you might really enjoy this step. She will paraphrase an entire book of the Bible while she studies. So she will make that her last step and paraphrase the entire chunk of what she's looking at. So um, if that is something you enjoy doing, please, um, yeah, feel free to go hog wild with it. All right, so um, we want you guys to spend some time, and I should have brought you paper, I apologize. I don't have paper. Um, maybe you can write it um, in your notes if someone has a spot. But we want, I want you to practice paraphrasing this. 
um, at your table. So as a group, work on this together. We're going to just take like five minutes to do this. Um, if you don't get the whole way through it, that's fine. Um, but work as a group to see if you can paraphrase this. This is from Ephesians 5, 7 to 10. You can look through your notes of what you've studied already this week. This is from this week's passage. Um, and use that as a guide to help you to paraphrase these verses. All right, so maybe five minutes to do that. All right, I'm going to stop you, even though you might not have finished. Sorry. That might feel very painful to some people. Okay. So would anyone be willing to share, even if you only have like a section of it started? Any groups? If not, I'll just have to call on somebody, so. We have do not team up with sinners. I missed the middle part that we had here, but then live in the new life God has given you. Nice. Awesome. Erin, can you say that louder Oh yeah. those of us who are far away from you. <laughs> Do not team up with sinners, but live in the new life God has given you. Team up, I like that. Anybody else? Any of the other two groups, I should say? Well, for partners, we use the term join in. Mm. Do not join in with them in your sin. Okay. Very good. Thank you. All right, so this is kind of how this works. Um, so yeah, please use this tip as you find it helpful. Um, it can be really challenging. This kind of goes along with that idea of like explaining it to a child, right? Um, so um, yeah, it can be challenging, but really good. Okay, so main points. This is something that we have had you do in your homework. How have you, how have you found this step to be going for you? Do you find it hard, easy? This is not a rhetorical question. It really makes me think. Makes you think, good, <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, that's what we would hope it to do. Has it gotten easier for you as the class has gone on? Is it still difficult? Um, not yet. <laughs> not yet, that's fine. I often find myself like focusing on things that maybe like I'm learning about. So oftentimes the main point or the like mm -hmm. the timeless truth is like very similar every week. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, should it be different because that's the one I said? Should it be different? God's really powerful. <laughs> <laughs> but he still yeah. is in the next so is I struggle yes. to want to be more creative with my answer. For sure. Yes. Yes. Any, any other thoughts on Yep, I keep doing that too, and I just figure, well, maybe that's just like the main point of the whole book. <laughs> yeah, there you go, for sure. <laughs> for sure. It is fun at the end to go back and look at your main points, like you said, and then because then you'll have a bigger picture of the whole book. Yes. And yeah, a lot of times they do kind of line up with that, which is good. And maybe you'll be able, when you step back, see some of the <coughs> nuances. Yeah. Is that a good word for it? That will go between those. Is anything you find helpful in deciding on main points? Does anyone like just totally not know what we mean either? That's okay too. I find that this step can be hard. Like we've gotten feedback that this is a hard step. So don't feel alone in that. Um, and it is about comprehension, right? So there is an aspect. We're pushing you through this study maybe quicker than you would on your own, right? Because you're limited by when next week comes and you have to have an answer. So um, just know that when you're studying on your own too, if you don't have those limitations, you can sit with it a little longer, right? You can be like, I don't know a main point. It's not Thursday morning, so I don't have to try to fudge something. I can sit and like think about this, right? Um, and kind of meditate on it a little bit as well, too, to see um, where we're at. Okay, 
So let's dive in and talk about them a little bit. So main points are usually shorter than the text. Um, so this is, um, so a summary we're not really talking about, but a summary maybe is somewhere between paraphrasing, summary, and then main points. So they're all kind of on this continuum. They all kind of help us um, comprehend what we're, what we're reading. A way to do this is to look for the author's main ideas. So what is this author trying to convey to his audience? So, so Faith mentioned timeless truths too. So main points is going to be what does this author mean for this audience? It is going to be, um, it is generally timeless, right? Because what Paul is writing has um, stretches across time, right? It's, it's things that are true for all of time. But our application uh, of that is going to be a little bit more individual. But our main points may be a little bit different, but um, oftentimes they should kind of be similar to one another, if that makes sense. So you want to consider all the details. So you're not going to put all the details into your main point, but you do want to take those details into consideration as you're deciding what is the main point. So you want to look at all of the kind of the information that you have. What are these details supporting? You also want to look at context. What has come before and what is coming after? So what is the main point I had last week? What was his main point here? And, and what is he now kind of transitioning into in this next section? So this could be a couple of sentences or it could be just a couple of words. So. Um, some of us will be wordier than others, and that is perfectly fine. Um, again, you're kind of whittling it down. Sometimes maybe you'll start with a couple of sentences, um, and then you'll move into just a couple of words and kind of dwindle it down. Dwindle it down that way. <clears throat> oh, Too far. Um, so, so that's kind of how you find um, these main points. And we've the taglines that we're giving you each week, they are like a main point for that section. Um, so, for instance, um, this week, I forget what our tagline is, but um, when Casey and I were talking about this, she had it kind of broken down into three main points. Imitating Christ, I'm totally giving away all of what she's going to say later. <laughs> Imitating great. Christ, walking in light, love, walking in light, and then walking in wisdom. And so as she moved through the text, she found those main points. And then she, we're going to reduce it down even further to a tagline. So you can kind of see how this creates a bit of an outline as well. So you might have multiple kind of subpoints under your main point for a section that you're looking at. Is, that, is this coming across clearly? Are people understanding what I'm saying? Any questions that you have with this? And sometimes it is a little bit challenging to take your, main, your couple points and make it like one little succinct thing. Because mm -hmm. sometimes it does feel like... The author yeah. is giving you different things, and it's hard to, and so sometimes it's not going to come together perfectly, and that's, and that's okay. okay. I really like it when it does, and I'm, we're always trying to figure out a way to make our taglines really succinct, but I do feel like sometimes when you make them so succinct, you, you feel like you're missing some, some things, too. Right. So just know that there is freedom in this. You don't have to have it down to two words, mm -hmm. but it is really cool when it happens that way, because it's a lot easier to remember. Yeah, and what you're looking for is kind of something to take away. Right? So as I close out this section, what am I walking away with? Whether that's this long paraphrase or whether those are these like more short, succinct main points. Like, do I have some grasp and some comprehension before I'm moving on to the next section? So, all right. Any final questions? All right.
I'll hand it over to Casey. Yeah. You ready? Oh, yes, here I go. You're going to read yes, first, sorry. and then we'll go. Yep. All right, so before we go to our tables to look at our observations and interpretations, could we read our text together again? So, maybe... All right, I guess we could have someone just read it one, all of it. Let's just split it up, though, because sometimes it just feels a little overwhelming. <laughs> all right, so how about, uh, yeah, would somebody be willing to read 5, 1, 2, we'll just go 1 to 14, so it's not quite enough, I know. Thank you. Or do you want to do the whole thing? You're welcome to. It's up to you. All right, cool, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Thanks, Laura. All right, so you can go ahead and talk at your tables. Uh, we'll kind of let you know when to make sure you're moving from observation to interpretation, and then we'll get together as a group and talk about some of the questions we have. So if you guys haven't gotten it, since we talked about main points today, I want you to go to your, your main point sections and share with one another what your main points are so that you can just keep um, helping each other with that that step as well, and it's helpful to hear from others what they have as well. Okay. So you actually have a main point section after, or question I think after each section, so you can even yes. talk about both of those. I mean, yeah, the big sure. picture wrap up kind of brings them all together, but look at maybe each section and look at your main points for both of those. All right, ladies, sorry to interrupt your conversation. Not my favorite thing to do because I love conversation. Um, but we are going to bring our attention together and we are going to look at, at this passage together. So um, this week, as 
So like last week was all, I think it was, did we only have two sections last week too? I don't know, yeah, it's got a little bit. <laughs> it feels a little nice, right? Um, so yeah, let's, it's kind of, this week I do feel like it's kind of all together. Um, so it's okay, let's, we can just ask any questions and we probably will try to order them on the board over there. Um, so as we're reading through this, what are some of the things that, questions you have or things you talked about that you just enjoy talking a little more about as well? <clears throat> Throw them out. Whatever, what are your thoughts? Walking. Ah. And that being an activity, not something that's like sedentary. Yes. It's active. Wonderful. Yeah, walking is a huge thing in in this passage. So we can talk more about what that looks like and how do we do it and where does it come from. We'll get to that. Excellent. What else? Another question is, what does the days are even mean? It's down pretty far. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes. Sometimes I think these concepts seem harder than they need to be when they're written like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they, I could just... Could, yeah, they could just made it... <laughs> But it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what you guys think, why he used those words, because, yeah, it seems like that it could have just been an easy way to say it, but what else? So in verse 10, it says, um, try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord, but, like, also throughout the whole book so far, I feel like we're given so many ways of how to obey and walk in light and please the Lord, so why is it? Like, what, why, is, why is Paul saying try to discern what's pleasing to the Lord? Or is it because it looks different for different people? Mm. Like, in how they serve? Or, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's a good question. So you're, you're saying the word try there is yeah. what, yeah, it's, uh, you're right, because other times we're given commands to right. know this or deepen your understanding, or his prayer is that they would deepen their understanding, right. that, they would, that would, they would know more, but now he's telling you, us to right. try to know more or if try just, to do this. Just said at the beginning, be imitators of God, walk in love, um, walk as children of light. Yeah. And then he says, try to discern what Try to do this. Hey, okay, Paul, like you just told us what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We kind of answered this. I mean, we didn't completely. Oh, that's okay. No, that's great. About what it means to partner, but I, I still think it's a good yes. question because, like, you know. It's different than, I think of it as different than being friends, mm. but like how do we discern when we're partnering with someone and just participating in sin with them? Or like where does how, where do you draw the line? Yes, good. Because we know we're not supposed to like never talk to people right. like that. Right. Right. Jesus didn't do that, right? Yeah, so that's a great question. What does partnership, what does that actually look like? What else? Good question. Good question. I know this is at the very end of our section today. But I had a hard time with this. In everything, everything, give thanks. Mm. Always. So what does that look like? How do we do that? (laughs) (laughs) Everything. And I looked up the word everything. And I got out my concordance. (laughs) (laughs) 
And this idea of thanksgiving is something we see throughout this text as well. There is a lot of contrast here between some different sins and thanksgiving. So that's another question to think through is, how does thanksgiving contrast sin? Anything else? No, I love it. I, I love all your questions. I like the thing. Go ahead. So verses 13 and 14, when he says, when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, a week will sleep and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What is the it referring to? Like, I don't know. Just uh, where, that. Sorry, which it? So where, therefore, verses 13 and is it verse like, 14. It becomes visible. <laughs> Right. Oh, oh, oh. Is that anything that's exposed by the light? Because it's, I don't know. Very shameful. I liked the NIV translation of that, which said, it is light that makes everything visible. Okay. I just... <laughs> <laughs> Take that one out. So you're saying, Larry, that we, yeah, when, but when everything is, when anything is exposed, oh, it becomes visible. So what becomes visible? Yeah. Is that what you're, okay. So what is the it there? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Because it also, then it says, therefore it says. And I'm right. like, well, I could just right. be referring back to something else. Yes, yes. Okay. So what is the, yeah, what is becoming visible? But you're right. I think the, I actually, I looked to the NIV a lot this week <laughs> to just kind of try to look, compare the two because there were some things that, I, just the simple wording like that, like an it or something like that can be <clears throat> made a lot more clear when you look in a different translation. I'm very confused about this idea of exposing things that are um, in the darkness and what that means for us as believers. What we should be exposing, who we should be exposing. Yes. Like believers what, on believers. What is our role in that? And, or do we have a role? Yeah. yeah. The difference of exposing and... and we oh, about. yeah. Well, yeah, especially... And, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I forgot the verse was. Oh, just don't, don't talk about it. Like, don't bring shame to it, but also expose it. Yeah, so that that's real. Those two existing together. Yes. Because <clears throat> it's a lot of holiness. I think we can all agree that we shouldn't be walking around telling people all about their sin. But, like, <laughs> you know, it just gives me a lot of questions. Yeah. I think it'd be easier if it just said that, like Christ or that the Spirit will expose those things. But yeah. it seems like He's yeah. giving us a job in this, yeah. and that is hard really, really slippery slope <laughs> to go in when we're doing this with people. All right, anything else? If you have any other questions as we go, please ask. Um, but we can, let me jump in. Um, so yeah, I think starting with the walking is a good place to start since we see that quite often. Um, I didn't, did anyone write down how many times you saw it? I wish I did that. I say it all the time. Is it four? Four walkings? But I did a couple of them, and then, I did not, sorry, but that would have been a fun exercise. But there's a lot of walking. So, okay, so what does it mean, first of all, what, is, what does he mean by to walk in these things? What does walk, what does that mean? Literally, am I walking? Or what does he mean? What was the, the table that talked about who brought up walking? He did say that. Yeah, what did you say? Because you, you guys said there was, what word did you say you used with walking? Do you remember? We're not sedentary. Ah, not sedentary. It's, there you go. It's activity. Activity. Active. Yes. 
of it being like an all day thing, not just like a certain time. Like you're kind of walking all day, like as you're walking, going about whatever you're doing, versus just like this time frame for God. Yes. But on the flip side of that, not running and not rushing through it. Ooh, that's so good. I have. <laughs> that is awesome. I hadn't actually thought about that. I just thought of movement and movement. Paul does also tell us to run the That's true. She runs for a long time. That's true. I'm all about walking. I was a sprinter, so it's a solid 10 seconds. So I. Okay. I think too we need to be careful of where we're walking mm. because there are different paths. Sure. Yeah, and when you translate walking to just living, you could walk unworthy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like we really, like you're saying, there are. Yeah, I mean we we're told a lot of times how to walk correctly and where to walk and who to walk in. Um, but you're right. We have to also. Yeah, be careful where. Yes. Yeah, I think wisdom here will, he en- ends this section on wisdom and walking wisely. But I think walking wisely relates to all the other walkings in this book as well. Um. So I, I'm more of a walker than a runner. So I was like, <laughs> I, I'm with I you. thought of something totally different, which was that walking is full of distractions and pitfalls. And that's what I think. Uh, you know, because that's what he's been talking about, all the things that you can do wrong. Yeah. And so wow. that's where I kind of went in my head. Sure. With the whole concept of walk. Like, to be wary, I guess. Yeah. Be aware. Yeah. And have a, and where are we fixing our eyes and our walking? Because if you're going on a walk in the woods or something, and you're just like, you know, <laughs> looking every which way, you're probably going to trip over the roots, right? Yeah. You have to keep. Oh, that's not looking forward. You really have to keep your eyes down when you're walking that way. But when we're in our life, yeah, you're right. I love that. That we need to keep our, where are we fixing our eyes as we're walking? Really good. So I'm going to kind of make do big picture here for a second. There, we already, she already gave away the three walkings, right? We have walking in, <laughs> that's all right. We have walking in love, light, and wisdom are the three walkings he talks about in here. Um, can anybody tell us how do you think those three things are connected? It's a pretty deep question. But how do you, yeah, can you connect walking in love, life, uh, light, and wisdom together? They're all fixed on God. Right. Yep, excellent they are. Well, it's a little hard to walk in the dark. <laughs> You're exactly right. You're going to fall over something again, right? Yeah, it's, it's right. Um, when you're walking in wisdom, you then have eyes to see what needs to be brought to the light, and I feel like you can more effectively love people like the Lord loves people when you're walking in wisdom and having eyes to see. That was amazing. You should write that out. <laughs> that was so good. What did you tell it to you again? <laughs> I know. I was like, what did you say? Yeah, oh, I have no idea. No, that was beautiful. And actually, it's funny because he goes the opposite way in his yeah. writing, yeah. which I thought was... I was I, trying to figure out the order. I was like, yeah. I don't know if the order is significant or not. And I don't know. I just, I don't think, that, yeah, it's not right or wrong answer here. But it's interesting that it does feel like, it seems like it does start with, well, it starts with who we're, who we're fo- focusing on, right? 
But it seems like in order to walk in the light and walk in love, we have to, yeah, the wisdom piece of that and the Holy Spirit is huge. <laughs> the Spirit, which he talks a lot about in the wisdom section. So it is interesting to me. I'm not sure. I don't know why he started in love and ended in wisdom. But um, anyway. What paraphrase word would you use for walk? And I was thinking walking feels like an intentional choice, whereas like standing feels very like passive. Like mm-hmm. I can stand anywhere, like whatever. But walking, you're the only person that can move your like you can only move yourself. It's intentional movement. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I was thinking living, but it's not as active as walking, but it is all encompassing. Yes. So you can I mean you could intentionally live, right? I guess you could put the two together a little bit. <laughs> Because um, you're right, I think they're. We did intentional living. And she's like, I feel like I mean that does sound like it's like a, I don't know, a home that someone's gonna go to or something. <laughs> intentional living doesn't seem like that. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, um, all right. So let's just for time's sake, we're gonna just kind of keep moving down through. The walking is going to come out though a lot throughout, hopefully in this whole conversation. Um, All right, so when we are walking with the Lord, when we are walking in love, light, and wisdom, then what does that partnership, what should that partnership that that he talks about? He said, do not partner. I lost my page. He says, do not partner, do not become partners with them. Well, first of all, who's them? The sons of darkness. I love that he calls them that. I'm like, that just sounds like it should be some like video game to do. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the sons of darkness. I don't know what. Right. Yeah, they're all. Yes, so with. Yeah, I don't know. The sons of disobedience just sounds. Yeah, I said it sounds like a video game or some like horror thing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> sense of disobedience. All right. So we are not supposed to partner with. Uh, sorry, it says disobedience. It's, it's disobedience. But sense of darkness sounds even worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, what does. The, I think actually. What does. I think that Evie might say do not come. Instead of sons of disobedience, I think it's. A, does anyone have. It does say sons of disobedience. Disobedience. Yes. In NIV, though, I think they just say like those. I don't know. I should look it up. I don't know. Maybe someone can look it up for me quick. Um, but anyway, so okay. So we're not supposed to partner with the sons of disobedience or people who are not walking with the Lord, non-believers, um, people who are still in darkness, right? Um, so what does it mean then to not become partners with them? Do we ignore them altogether? What does that mean? No, nope. I was, yeah. We're, we're called to shine our light. Exactly right. So we're not ignoring them. So what does it then mean to not partner with them? First thing I thought of was how they tell you if you're going into business, you shouldn't be joined with somebody that's maybe a Christian versus a non-Christian in, in partnership mm-hmm. because you're headed different directions. And, you know, I've heard that all my life. Yeah. Whether it's marrying mm-hmm. someone sure. or a business, 
Yeah. So what does it actually mean to, yeah, what does it mean to partner with somebody? What is that part? Yeah, what it, like, what is a partnership? Well, yeah, what is a partnership, or what does it mean? Because we know it doesn't mean to ignore them, but what, then what is it, yeah, what is the partnership? What does a partnership do? Engaged in the same activity, a colleague, a sharer, a companion, or an associate. Yes. Yeah, I think a partner not just like walking alongside somebody that I don't really know well. You know, like I feel like a partner is somebody that I would know well enough to know, yeah. And if my your purposes are and goals and where your eyes are is different, it's gonna be a struggle. When you partner with somebody, you're bouncing ideas of each other so it would be that first we are in this world but not of this world mm -hmm. so you would be careful who you partner with yes yeah that's not like you're getting advice from them like you're, yeah. you're equal you want to hear them yeah that like mutual kind of <coughs> i don't know effort or mutual yeah you're both putting something in and you're both taking something out and as a partner we don't want to take stuff out of the sons of disobedience. <laughs> and just because we're not perfect, sometimes you don't really agree, but you'll go along. Mm. Or you'll think, well, <clears throat> just this one time, or yes. that's, that's not harmful, that little thing isn't harmful, but that little thing can lead to something that is harmful. Absolutely, and the more you spend time with those type of, that, those people, the harder that's going to become. I think even more for them than sometimes for us, it's, it's telling them what's permissible mm -hmm. as us as far as the Lord. Yes. Like, oh, they can do that. And they're Christians, like, it's going to be Yeah. Even if we think we're solid in the Lord, it's, it's uh, telling them mm -hmm. more good about point. Christianity than we think it's yeah, and Paul tells us to go off of what you're saying, Judy. He talks about um, not even naming these sins, or and in the NIV it says there shouldn't be an, a hint of them among you. And I think that's where he's getting at too. And that is, yeah, it's not even just, you say, oh, it's just this tiny little thing, but it almost always grows to more. And or I'm just going to hang out with them and do this little thing with them. And yeah, it almost always leads to to more. And I think Paul knows that of humanity from. 2,000 years ago, and I think that still remains today. Yeah. <clears throat> I was thinking of it, too, in relation to what it talks about, of course, language and everything. Mm -hmm. I have a group of friends that gets together, high school friends, and the one in particular is always saying crude things and insinuating things, and mm -hmm. just my silence is enough to, to remind them that I'm not in agreement with that. You know, mm -hmm. I don't have to go along with it. I mean, sometimes what they say is really funny, but, you know, I can't allow myself to encourage it. Yes, yeah. You're right, because we that have. shines light on And that kind of is the same thing. If you're with those people and you're kind of, yeah, laughing with them, even though you don't, maybe you don't agree, oh, I don't agree with them in my heart, but if you're still laughing with them, you're right, it's going to give them a view of, do a different view of, of the gospel. Something. It is very it's hard. Easy. It's really hard. It's easy if it's really severe. Absolutely. But it's the things that are just slightly off mm -hmm. that I find that it's when I have to guard myself the That's most. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. Good. This is just me, but I remember, <coughs> and I'm old. I've been a lot of years. But 
in all fairness, sometimes we leave these little things in because you don't want to, I don't know, come across a lawyer than that. Yeah. Yeah. But if you take the, the, the expression that many people, even Christians, use, oh my God, okay. Um, I remember when that first started, and I can't tell you what decade it was, but I also remember in many decades where that would have never crossed your mind to say. Oh, yeah. And then it became a little bit, and pretty soon we have this whole language that what is reverent or what is holy or, you know, Mm -hmm. And we just left it creep in little by yes. little. So I think what some of the things that Paul is saying is that we really have to be intentional mm -hmm. about what mm -hmm. we listen to or what we say. Yes, you're right. Because if we sound too much like the world, if we're part like partnering with them, too, like you said, too much, then they're not. Yeah, who are we standing for, and what does that look like? So let's talk a little bit then about. We have a couple questions here about the light looks like. Um, so, yeah, I feel like that is, like, we understand, like, we are, if we're walking with the Lord, we are in that light, but what does that actually look like in our lives? Um, so do we want to answer the, you kind of answered that with the, your NIV version here, uh, about the it. Um, let me see where it was again. Which verse was I in? 13, 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but when anything is exposed to the light, it becomes visible. So what is, what do you think the it is here that he's talking about? So when, it says again, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. Sin? Mm -hmm. She said sin, can you catch that? But it says anything that's exposed by the light. So is it sin and good deeds? What do you guys think? I think in this context then, yes. Mm -hmm. Good catch. Yeah. So when it comes to exposing things, well, we know that the light is what exposes. So then what is, do we have a role in exposing? Absolutely. What do you think that role is? <clears throat> to turn on the light. The truth mm. to um, stand for what is what the Lord would stand for, what the Word says. Mm -hmm. But I think in doing that, there are ways that you can do it that are better than other ways. Absolutely. <laughs> I think you're that very much is going to connect to love mm -hmm. and wisdom. <laughs> We have to do that with the right love, and we also have to do that very wisely. Or you're right, it can very much hurt um, right. the people that's happening. And with believers and unbelievers, too. It's like exposing, right. mm -hmm. yeah, uh, bringing light to sin of believers. Mm. Yes. And I think Paul, she just said it, we're called to bring light to, say it again so they hear you, sorry. Uh, the sin of people that are believers. Yes. They're currently hopefully striving to honor the Lord with their actions and are not. And remember, he is talking to the church in Ephesus here. Um, not that he's not talking to 
he's talking to believers. Um, and you're right, I think there is a different, it's different, when we, and we are called to do that where a non-believer, they're not, and they're going to be completely in darkness. I think we are going to be a light to those people, but it's going to look a little different um, than it would be if you're doing that with a fellow believer. But when you are trying, I mean, I think he's telling us we have a role in that, but again, we have to do that, tread very lightly. Um, not, not lightly, I don't want to say to be hesitant, but do it very lovingly and with wisdom and with counsel. I think too. I, if we don't feel like we, I don't know that I would feel equipped to do that. And so maybe coming alongside of somebody that um, can walk through that with you. Um, any other thoughts about what that looks like? I thought about the fact that wisdom tells us when we should talk to somebody in private. If you're in a group when something happens. And I have a, a new believer friend and she really counts on me calling her out. Mm. You know, she'll say, I really appreciate that because she's, she's still new mm-hmm. to everything. And sometimes she does things and I just cringe and think, oh, it's right after you put that Bible verse on your Facebook page, <laughs> you know. But it's, she's still learning. She's, her walk is still new. Mm-hmm. And so to not call them out in front of a group I guess there would be times when you should say something in front of a group too. But yeah, no, I pray to do that. (laughs) Well, no, I definitely, yeah, I agree. I think having, we need to depend on the Holy Spirit there for guidance in how to speak and when to speak, which he talks a lot about later. I learned learned something in a class that I was required to go to was managing people. And one of the things from that class moons ago, I think is good for us as Christians too. It's praise in public, discipline in private. And I think that, that works for co-workers. I think that works for everybody. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you don't want to just something with stuck out. With cool. And another thing that sticks with me is <coughs> I can't, I cannot expect unbelievers to act like believers. Sure. I can't good reminder. them to have the mm-hmm. same foundations and the same perspective on things that I do. Yes. That's, that's wrong of me to do that. Mm-hmm. And yet, yeah, we can still be light to those people in a different, yes, in, in our light, in our words and our actions, but it's not necessarily like a, a judgment type thing. Exactly. I also think of exposing, like, um, if something's hidden, then it's not, um, the light can't get to it because it's hidden. So like um, in the re-engage class, it took us, it talks about like, um, that's why it's important to confess sin um, yes. to others because yes. when it's hidden, then the light, God can't light, can't come in and transform, but when we yes. speak it and expose it, then it loses its power, you yes, know, exactly. and the light of God yes. can bring healing, but. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Christ here is light too. He can bring both that truth and love. Yeah. All right. So really quick. Um, I don't. Yeah. Maybe the days are evil. Maybe we'll just talk about that really fast because we got thinking about light and darkness. Maybe that actually is a good good segue to it. Um, what do you think he means by make the best use of, our, of it's in verse 16, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Anyone? What do you think? What does it mean that the days are evil? What do you think? 
immediate thought goes to like things will get worse mm. before like Jesus' return. I thought about that this morning when I was reading this again, <clears throat> in that like Paul wrote this how long ago and he wrote the days we were, the days are evil then and I just felt like Oh, it just keeps getting worse and worse, which we know what, but we know what happened. Um, but that, yeah, I agree. In the time of like taking the opportunity, that's what it says in the NIV. It says yeah. take, make the most of every opportunity because time of the, is of the essence. Like, we, yeah. Yeah, just, does it say in there the days are evil still in the NIV? It does. Okay, just checking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel like it does give an urgency yeah. to things. I feel like it, it's helpful to focus on the first part of the verse about making the best use of the time. Absolutely. That sometimes we can get distracted by like the reason is because the days are evil, but the point he's trying to tell us is to make the best use of our time. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. I've been able to use with two family members recently just say to them, well, we know it's going to get worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. And they, they both said, well, what do you mean by that? <laughs> and I was like, yes, thanks for asking. Yeah. And so if the days are evil and there's, there's things that are in this world that are not good, how are we supposed to be thankful in everything? To wrap it our conversation up. So the days are evil, right? There is, there is evil, but we're still supposed to give thanks in everything. So what does that, how do we do that? For everything. Yeah. You're right. It's not. Say it again. It's a heart posture. Yes. And to know that it's evil, there's so much going on, and this comes from God. Mm. I think it's a spiritual discipline to be able to get outside of your own circumstances and choose to see what the Lord is doing despite the grief, the heartache, the uncomfortable. Because he is always thinking. Whether whether what we're thinking for is that the Lord is good. Like it might not be anything that we can find thankfulness for in our circumstance, but um, he is dead and that's he is never changing for that we can be thankful for. Absolutely. At, at least that. <laughs> My favorite example of this is um, if you've read The Hiding Place, um, Corey Tim Boom's book, but she's in the concentration camp, and her sister Betsy, who dies in the concentration camp, says, well, we have to thank God for everything, and Corey's like, everything? Like, <laughs> you know, start, how can you thank God for everything? And they had, um, I believe it was lice or rats. Lice. With the lice. lice. And, and, and so the guards didn't come in there because they didn't want to get it. So they had this, like, hidden Bible, and they had this Bible study. And so, like, they realized that they could give thanks for the thanks for the mm. lice, because Betsy would she would give thanks for everything. But God was working, you know. Yes. And yeah, it's just that I always think of that. Like, you can find God. You can be grateful in all circumstances. In all circumstances. Yeah, but that, I always think of that story. That's a, and it doesn't always come easily to find yeah. those things. <laughs> but if you, yeah, when we focus on what is wrong instead of focusing on what, yeah, God is doing amongst us and also focusing on that he is victorious over these things it, there is evil present in this world now um but he is he is over that we've learned about that in ephesians a lot <clears throat> with the spiritual realm like he is above all those things and one day we won't have any of it which will be a good day um but until then we still need to be able to give thanks for everything and you're right it doesn't even say give thanks in everything it says good give thanks for everything that's not our nature at all um, and that is also where we are going to stand apart from the world. 
because the world is not going to see the good in these things that are happening. But if we can promote or promote Christ and yeah, shine that light on on those things um, through Christ, that's where it's all that. Well, I was answering this question. All I can say is this: it was absolutely a God thing. There's, it was saying about singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing. What came into my mind was, even when we can't see it, God is working. Yes. That's a song. Yes. Whoa. Okay. And then it came out. If it's not good, he's not done. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank that you. is what a gift. What a gift. I'm getting it. That's wonderful. And that's why those songs are really cool because they can yeah. they draw your mind back to those things. And I think there's a reason he talked about, I mean, I don't think he's saying we have to sing to each other because you don't want me to sing to you. But, um, but we are, when we are, we think of singing, though, we are praising and we're pointing our eyes and others to him. But singing, too, what a contrast. If we are doing this, exposing, while having this type of posture, I feel like that is going to like lead itself to a very like mm-hmm. yes. kind, um, loving, God-centered, exposing to that. Um, yeah, it's kind of... Yeah. And when we're singing, our brain is concentrating on the words that we are singing, and we can't think of the, the darkness. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I feel like I think of that even just like literally singing when you're you know, and doing a worship song, like it really does... T- Transfix. It does take your eyes and it takes your mind to what you're singing. That's wonderful. That's awesome. That's why I like having worship music on in the, my home because sometimes it's not wonderful. <laughs> I actually started to do that when I to get the girls up in the morning because it's usually not the most our enjoyable. best enjoyable time of the day. And so I started putting on like on the speaker kind of loud worship music and. I don't know. I can't say that it's they've like they're much better, but I do feel like my heart is a better place. So that, so anyway, all right. Um, so we're gonna stop there, and we want you to spend a little time talking about the application here. There is a ton of application in this section. Um, almost all of it is application. So um, yeah, interested to talk together. Hear what you guys think about how you're going to use what we've learned here, and what does this actually look like in in your own life, in your daily living. How are we doing these things? All right, sorry to stop your conversation again, but we are going to start with our tagline, which is going to look a lot like last week's tagline. So if that's annoying, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like trying to come up with something really new and exciting. I mean, it is exciting, but I couldn't come up with something new. So here we are. Uh, so here we have um, this week's tagline is walk like Christ. Okay, it's it's very similar to live in Christ, but I but involving that walking and involving the imitating, which we'll talk about here in just a second. So walk like Christ. And we do that by walking in those three ways that we'll talk about. All right. So this week's passage, um, it kind of starts with a direct link back to last week um, in chapter four. It almost seems like there shouldn't be like a chapter break here. It really flows right in. Um, I know those things are put in after it was written. Um, so it just really does go right into to this week's this week's passage. So Lindsay told us last week that um, Paul gives us some specific ways to put off 
our old life and put on our new life. And he ends chapter four with saying that we are to be kind, tender-hearted, and forgiving one another. Um, all of these things are attributes of God, right? These are all things that he does as well. And so then Paul then goes in right away into chapter five and talks about some pretty, a pretty strong exhortation here of be imitators of God. So put on his attributes. Um, we are to live like the one who lives in us. The tagline I've been saying all week. Um, so I'm just, I want to live like the one who is living, living in me. All right, so it's up there on the board. Um, so let's look at the word imitator here for a second. We need to talk a lot about that in our discussion. So um, the dictionary definition of the word imitator is someone who copies the behavior or actions of another. Um, but when it comes to imitating God or Christ, I kept thinking there just has to be more to this. It's not more than just copying him, right? It has to be a little deeper than that. So when I looked up the word in the Greek, um, mimites is actually the word. Uh, mimites is the word. I'm probably saying it wrong, but that's what it is. And it sounds a lot like mimic, um, if you, yeah. And it means a positive imitation uh, that arises by admiring the pattern set by someone worthy of emulation. So my friends, who is more worthy to emulate than Christ himself um, and, 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 and the Lord, right? He gave us Christ who is our perfect example. Um, we are imitating someone who loves us beyond our understanding, right? He says to imitate God as his beloved children. Um, and we can only imitate God, however, in Christ if we know him personally, right? We need to spend time with him, getting to know him in order to reflect him well in our life, um, just like a child would try to reflect, or not, they don't always try to, but they do reflect us as parents. Um, so then Paul goes on, to talk about the three walkings that we were talking a lot about today. Um, and these are to walk in love, walk in light, and walk in wisdom. So we will talk briefly about each of these. All right, so what does it look like to walk in love? This is an interesting one because it's, I, the, if you look at in the ESV, walk in love is, I think, all right, is that the, that's the heading of the section, right? And I feel like it doesn't seem like he gives us a ton of insight, but I think all of it is, is wrapped in that. Um, so how do we do this? How do we walk in love? What does this look like practically? Um, well, Paul does give us some things in the next couple of verses. He says we are called um, to love as Christ love, loved us and gave himself up for us. So we should love others selflessly and sacrificially. Um, and in this, we are striving to live a life um, that is Christ-shaped rather than culture-shaped. And that is going to look very, how we love is going to look different if we're focused on Christ or if we're focused on our culture. Um, and we want to live a life that is lived for the good of, of others. Um, this type of living and loving is going to contrast the sins that he talks about a lot here in this section. Um, so he basically is telling us to walk in love, but, but don't practice sexual immorality, impurity, impurity, and covetousness or greed. Greed is the word that they use a lot in the NIV. And when you look up that word, in the original language, it also greed is one that pops up there. Um, so we are to follow Christ's self-giving nature and not our own self-indulgence. Those sins, sexual morality, impurity, and greed are all about us, right? Meeting our, our nature, our, 
our flesh meeting those needs. Um, and Paul is telling his readers, like we said earlier, to not engage in those things at all. No hint of them is what it says in the NIV. Um, and like we said this before, because when we do just a little, it almost always leads to more. Um, and I was thinking as I was reading this, why is he focusing? He, those, these three sins, sexual morality, impurity, and greed, are things that he says like three or four times in this section, as well as the last section as well. So I was just curious, like, why, why these? Like, why are these the sins he's focusing on here? Um, and as I was thinking more about it, they are they are all things that are going to can infiltrate your entire life. Um, they seem sometimes little, but it can make a huge impact on who you are and how you interact with others. Um, they also would have been rather common practices in that time in Ephesus. Um, and so the sexual sin is very was very prevalent, and we know that it still exists very much today. And same with idolatry. He mentions in there that with the word covet, covet or covet, covet, um, that it is like idolatry, it is an idolater. Um, so our idol worship today may look different, but the heart of it really does remain the same. Um, it's being devoted to our own desires instead of what God desires. And um, which is really closely, I was trying to think of this whole word greed too, like what does this mean? And this idea that it's the desire for it, the desire for more, the desire for all things takes precedent over our desire for him. Um, and so all of these things are wrapped up and can be very um, deadly in our lives, if you will. Um, so how do we replace those self-indulgent sins? And that's where Paul goes next. He talks about Thanksgiving, right? So really Thanksgiving is the opposite of idolatry. Um, when we are thankful and when we live our lives accordingly, it's going to focus our attention on God, his grace, and his desires rather than our own. Um, and this is really important that we learn to do this and we learn to live in the light, which we're going to get to in a second, um, because Paul says next, for this you may be sure. So this is not just, well, this could maybe happen. Like he's pretty using strong language here. That the eternity of those who promote and practice immoral behavior as their settled lifestyle, like they're living this day in and day out, their eternity is in jeopardy, right? He says it very clearly that they will have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Um, but to be clear here, I want you to understand that Paul's not saying that we can never struggle with sin. Of course, we're going to struggle with sin. But he's talking more about when this immorality, this impurity, this greed, if they are abundant and foremost in someone's life, if their life is characterized by these things, that they shouldn't be confident that they are in God's kingdom. Um, and so this is a pretty, pretty hefty warning here um, to people in the church to make sure we are walking how we should be and our hearts are in the right places. Um, again, not, we're not perfect. We will sin. But how are we, how are we doing that? Are we, are we grieving over that sin and are we repenting? So Paul finishes this section on walking in love with another warning, like we just talked about with the partnering. Um, he says, do not partner with the world. And when you actually look this up, the, it's translated as joint partaker. Which is kind of interesting to me, right? So we are not to partake in the sinful actions. We are not to spend our time with those people doing those things um, because it would definitely have an impact on us and them as well, like we talked about. And so if we are joined to Christ, our partnership lies with him alone. So that joint partaker, that word can go with our, our walk with Christ. We are joined with, joining with him, right? We are partaking with him um, and, and him alone, right? So he is the source of, of love and, and of light. Um, so the light is what we'll talk about here next. Um, verse 8 actually gives us a really good summary of the whole book of Ephesians. Um, actually, it's kind of interesting that it, it pulls in a lot of different parts of what we have been talking about. And it says, for at one time you were darkness, 
So remember we talked about this, Gentiles were separated without hope, without God, right? But now you are light in the Lord. So therefore walk or live as children of, of light. Um, so what does it mean to be children of light? I feel like that's one of those, again, church terms that we say, we're, we're, we're children of light. What does this actually mean? So in John 8, it says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, um, but will have the light of life. Hello? I don't know what happened. My clicker stopped working. <laughs> Are you right? I don't know if that's going to go. That's where I'm going to keep going. That's weird. It's not doing anything. It's going up here, but not up there. I don't know. Anyway, that's okay. I'm going to have to read the verse without you seeing it. I'm sorry. Maybe it'll come back to life. So um, John 1, 1 also says, uh, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. No? Okay. Sorry about that. So to live as light, um, we should be living our lives following Jesus in obedience uh, to the Lord, trying to glorify him in all aspects. Again, we will fall short, but that is our, our desire, right? So we are called to live a life that reveals the truth of Christ in us and is evidenced then by our behavior um, with others. So this is what pleases the Lord. There's a lot of that in here, like try to figure out what pleases the Lord. We didn't actually talk about that one fully, but um, when we are walking in truth and when we are showing others that, when we are behaving in that way, that is what is going to be pleasing to the Lord. Paul gives us some fruit of this, right? The fruit of the light is goodness, righteousness, and truth. And that is what is going to be visible when we are walking in light. And like we also talked about, the light of God also should be causing grief over our sin and should lead us to repentance. This is one of the biggest parts of this, right? This is one of the attributes of a true child of God, right? We are sinners, but we are trying, I mean, we are trying to give, make sure that light is coming on that and we are repenting. Um, so the light exposes these unfruitful works of darkness. I thought that was an interesting way of putting it. Um, which are basically activities that are resulting in, in sin, both in us and in others in the church. Um, and so like we said, when we are in Christ, we are in that light. And through the help of the Holy Spirit, these sins will become visible, um, which then should lead us to repentance. So if you are walking through something right now, um, I do encourage you to find somebody, find a sister in Christ to walk through that with you, um, both for accountability and prayer. Uh, we are created to do life. Are we working again? In, in community, um, even when life is messy, right? That is the best time to be in community when our life is messy. Um, so God wants us to walk in love, walk in light. Oh, there's the verse. There you go. Um, and lastly, walk in wisdom. And he starts off this section by encouraging his readers to consider carefully how we are actually living. Um, there's some questions here that I've been thinking through this week that he basically asks us. Are we living as wise or unwise? Um, is, my, is my life me-centered or God-centered? And I'm, what am I doing to make the best use of my time? Um, such good questions to ask ourselves on a daily basis. Um, and if we're going to walk wisely, we do need to be intentional. We use that word up there about how we're living. And we should see every day as an opportunity to proclaim Christ. Um, and we didn't actually talk about the will of the Lord. That was interesting. That didn't come up in here. because um, He goes on then to talk about when we are walking in wisdom in the light of Christ, that we would better understand the will of the Lord. That seems like 
a big thing to me. Um, and so what is the will of the Lord that he's talking about here? Um, we asked you to think through that a little bit in your homework this week. Um, like when we talked back in chapter four about this calling, if you guys remember that, um, the calling that, that Paul was talking about, that we are called to live a life um, that is worthy, right? So like that, Paul is focusing on the overall will of his people and not just our individual decision-making here. Of course, that is involved, but I think he's looking more at what is God's will for his people. Um, And that is that looking at the way we live every day. Um, So God's will or his plan is really that we become more like him. Um, You said these words before, but the idea that we are saved and sanctified. And when we are those things, our life should reflect it. All right, there are implications of that in our everyday lives. And how do we better understand God's will or his plan? Or how do we become more like him, right? Um, this is only, and how do we live a life that's pleasing too, right? This is only done through the Holy Spirit. Not by being drunk with wine. That's a funny kind of <laughs> comparison here, right? Not by being drunk with wine, but by instead by being filled with the Spirit. And when we are filled with the Spirit, it does become the controlling um, influence that motivates all that we do. And so the Holy Spirit is there. Our, our job is then to listen <laughs> and allow the Spirit to work, right? Um, I jotted down to be, so to listen to it, the Holy Spirit, right? Listen to it, be receptive to it, respond to it, and follow it. These are things that have been kind of going through my mind recently. And then lastly, Paul finishes with some results of being filled with the Spirit. Uh, He talks about our list over here, the five things that he wrote down. We talked about a couple of these, uh, singing songs, making music. Again, what does this look like, the posture of our hearts? Um, And when we are filled with the Spirit, these are things that should be coming out of us. These are not things that come out of us naturally. (laughs) We can only do those things up there. Uh, Maybe you can sing without the Spirit, but that's different, right? But you um, only can do these things when you are filled with the Spirit. And the last one on this list is one that is, you'll actually notice we end this passage with this verse. And we start next week's passages, homework, also with this verse. <laughs> so this verse is in both things because it is a, a huge connecting point. It is going to lead us into next week's homework um, about our Christian living and this idea of submission and submitting to each other out of reverence to Christ. Um, so the word submit here literally means to align oneself um, un- Sorry, let me see it. Align other, oneself below the ranks of others. So we're literally lowering ourselves for the benefit of someone else. Um, and who does this sound like? It sounds like Christ, right? He, again, we're going to bring this back to the imitating. We are imitating Christ when we do this, when we walk in humility, when we listen to others in the church, and we listen to other believers. It doesn't mean that you always have to be under. It, it's, it's interesting how that all works. Um, but we are literally putting ourselves below somebody so to benefit them. And so we can build others up um, and value the people that are around us, especially within, within the church. So we will talk a lot more about that word submission next week. Uh, so to conclude, I want to encourage us um, to really take time this week. There's, like I said, there's a lot of application here um, to really think through how this applies to your own life. And um, just two things to really think about and to focus on. Um, what does it look like for you to love selflessly, walk in light, and live wisely on a daily basis? Um, just, I know those are big concepts, but can you break it down into what does this look like today? How about today? How am I going to love selflessly? How am I going to walk in light? And how am I going to live wisely? Um, and then maybe also ask God if there's an area of your life where you can be in better tune with the Spirit's leading. Are you, are you listening? Are you following? Are you um, 
Yeah, are you responding to where he is leading you? And, and in that, are we doing that to help make the best use of our time? And what does that actually look like in your day? And in all these things, um, let us be thankful for the work of Christ and his, what he has done for us and then our union with him. All right, so I will pray and wrap us up. Heavenly Father, we um, come before you and we thank you for the gift of your son. We thank you for the perfect example we have in Christ. And um, Lord, we pray as it seems like it's not always easy to imitate you. Uh, we pray that you would help us through your spirit to do that. And um, Lord, that we would take these warnings and these there's a lot of do nots in this in this passage, Lord. Um, we we pray that we would heed those warnings and um, also just fix our eyes on you, and fix our eyes on Christ and what He has done. Um, Lord, would you help us in our daily life to walk in love, walk in light, and walk in wisdom? Um, and Lord, those are only only we're only able to do that when we are found in found in Christ. And so we thank you for that again for that gift, and we do pray that you would just. Yeah, be right there with us that we will be following you, walking with you, and um, pointing others to you as well. Lord, I pray that we could make the, bo- the most of every opportunity um, as we know the days are evil and our time on earth here is, is, is what a, just a little blip in eternity. So we do pray that our time here, um, that we are living worthy and that we are pointing others to you and that you would help us to um, just fall more and more in love with you each day and then take that and be transformed and help others to see you as well. I pray this in your son's name. Amen.